and welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we walk into the dark and clouded unknown to discuss cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries for our, and hopefully your amusement. I'm your, is it getting hot in here host, Gary, with my wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello, hot stuff. Hi, and how are you feeling today? Pretty good so far. Well, good. Well, actually, I'm feeling in a good mood as well because... Misties, we are expanding our podcast providers to include iHeartRadio now. Mm. Yes, we just received notification Ah. that our podcast is now available, and we appreciate the word of mouth that all of you listeners are providing by telling those you know about our podcast. And if you're enjoying the episodes, I would ask that you would subscribe and possibly leave a five-star rating. Now, if you are ready to be entertained, then turn down the lights and let us tell you a fascinating true story with our own two cents of what it means. True story. Very true story. Actually, very documented story. Oh, wow. So this isn't like the others. Well, this this is true. All of our stories are true, (laughs) depending on how you look at it. That's correct. Yes. However, most of our stories usually have a happy ending with the eyewitnesses not getting harmed in any way. Now, it is true that the ghosts are usually the victims, but even they can get justice from time to time. This story, however, does not have a happy ending. So, listeners, please be prepared and forgive us if we try to lighten the mood of this otherwise very sad story. So that's not considered a spoiler? In this case, I would like to give spoilers. Just prepare our audience. Spoiler alert! Mm-hmm. Now, Goldian, are you familiar with Brazil and what their celebration of carnival season is? No, I've never heard of that. Well, Carnival Brazil is the most popular annual festival that is held for a week just after Ash Wednesday. It's known for music, parades, extravagant costumes, and this goes on all day and long into the nights, drinking and partying. The largest of these carnivals is held in Rio de Janeiro, but they have smaller ones that are looked forward to on many of the many cities of Brazil. So, so basically, this is Mardi Gras. I was going to say, so it's kind of like Mardi Gras. Very much. This I is, know Mardi Gras. Well, then you do know what a carnival is. Yeah. Well, the carnival I think of is not Mardi Gras. Wow. So it's confusing for me. I'm a southern girl. Wow. These celebrations have been an ongoing tradition since the 1800s, especially for the isolated village of, and I apologize if my pronunciation of these Brazilian words are horrible today. This is the village of Aracuguama, Brazil, which is miles from the larger city of Sao Paulo, and it's home to approximately about 7,000 people. That's pretty small. It is a very tiny farming village and community. Nice. The village actually itself is very much the same now as it was during March of 1946, a quiet farming community. However, in 1946, the village did not even possess electricity or home telephones, so it was even more remote than it is now. Therefore, the chance to travel to a big city for music and dancing attracted most of the citizens each year. Oh yeah, that's like... Mardi Gras, going to New Orleans. And most of the people felt this way. However, one person didn't, and he is the subject of our story. His name was Joao Prestes Filho. He lived as a farmer, similar to many of his neighbors, and he only enjoyed the simple things in life. 
So he liked his place in life and enjoyed being a farmer. When the majority of the citizens of the village, to include his family, were out celebrating a carnival, he was not one among them. He didn't like the hustle and bustle of the city, and he disliked the noise and drunken party-goers of the carnival. He was a simpler man and decided to take advantage of the peace and quiet by going fishing. After he gave his farewells to his wife and five young children earlier, he headed out to spend the rest of the day fishing with some friends at the nearby Tiet River. Having caught a large number of fish, Joao was having a fantastic day and considered himself very lucky. But the day was starting to come to a close and night was approaching. He said his goodbyes to his fishing friends and then traveled back to the distance towards his village. There was not much to be seen except for the wind blowing gently in the night air as Joao's cart made its way back into the village. The streets were empty in the darkness as everyone was still in the city celebrating the carnival. Joao reached his empty home just outside of the village and he arrived at the front door after he returned his horse to its barn. So far so good. In fact, he started making himself dinner by putting some of the fish he had caught in a pot to boil and had filled the wood burner in order to heat some water for a bath once he entered his dark and empty home. However, he was soon overcome by a strange sensation that he was being watched, but there was nobody about. But his curiosity caused him to walk over to the window, and through the opening of the window, he noticed a bright light some distance away just hovering in the sky dark out so it wasn't the sun <clears throat> the north star <laughs> well <right. laughs> not quite the north star because before joao could figure out what the ball was a blinding beam of light fired in his direction as soon as he spotted it wow the tiny room joao was standing in was suddenly lit up in a brilliant yellow glow which washed over his entire body he later reported that the glowing object was like a fiery torch which entered through the window into his home and the effects of this light affected the poor unfortunate Joao immediately. He noticed that portions of his exposed skin immediately started to have a painful burning sensation. He frantically tried to cover his eyes from the blinding light as he fell to his knees. And as he tried to protect himself, Joao could feel the burning of his short beard and his skin crisping. Okay, so he is burning alive, but you're also talking in past tense like he told people this later. And as I continue on the story, you'll see how. Wow. Okay. Because as this was occurring, the beam diminished as quickly as it came and the room was dark again, except for the light from the wood-burning stove. Poor suffering Joao was writhing in agony on the floor. The terrible burning pain it had afflicted upon him seemed to only grow worse even though the yellow beam of light was now gone. Hmm. So he survived the initial attack and was now suffering on the floor. Joao used all of his strength to get to his feet and he walked hesitantly across the room back towards the door. He discovered that his hands had become useless. The nerve endings in his fingers were damaged to a point that he could only feel a numbness in them and he had left them paralyzed. He was able to manage a rapid blanket around himself and he had to resort to opening the door latch with his teeth. Wow. Eventually, he stumbled out of his house into the street and headed towards the village, which was almost two miles away in order to seek help. No, that's crazy. I mean, that's... This is fascinating. Well, Joao persevered, but...
but noticed a peculiar wet sensation underneath his bare feet as he stumbled into the village. As he called out in desperate hope for help from the people of the village, he was shocked when he looked down to see that there was a trail of bloody footprints behind him in the dim moonlight. The skin on the soles of his feet, which were usually tough as leather, were sloughing off as it came in contact with each step he took on the ground. Oh, gosh. So we're talking about a farmer who basically was barefoot all the time, is now leaving bloody footprints with every step as he tries to find help. Joao's panicked and pained shouting brought the few residents of the village that were still there to his aid. He was carried directly to his sister's home and awaited the arrival of the district police chief. So extensive was the damage to the poor farmer's face and upper body that the police officer thought he was looking at a corpse at first. Joao was described as literally melting or falling apart by the time people got to him. The soft flesh was falling off parts of his body, and family members who were interviewed after the event described how the skin was dark and bloated. It resembled meat that had been overboiled or left out in the sun too long. Wow. That's insane. This is like a horror movie. It very much is, and the police actually treated it as much. He was, the police officer was so overcome with their shock that Joao was still alive, let alone conscious enough to describe to them what had happened. They quickly put him in a truck and drove him to Santana de Parnaba, the nearest place with an actual hospital. Hmm. The hospital staff, when they saw him and treated him, could not believe what they saw and were generally shocked even with their years of experience of treating many types of accidents and illnesses. Joao's clothing was totally unaffected, but quickly became soaked with blood and fatty tissues. The farmer's skin beneath the clothes started to peel away into messy piles on the floor of the hospital, as large portions of the burned flesh separated from the body, leaving muscles and tissue underneath. Some of the nursing staff had to step out of the room in order to vomit and retch. So disgusting or shocking was Joao's appearance and injuries. Sections of bone were now visible from what remained of the dissolving skin in some of the worst areas in which the damage was now pronounced. And this is a true story. There are medical records that report this. Wow. Joao continued to stay conscious through most of the ordeal, even as his body rapidly melted off during the tremendous burning that he had, hap- had happened to him. He remained sitting in his bed through all of this. He explained every detail of what had happened to him, even as his lips gradually fell away from his face. He seemed almost peaceful in his final hours, and he explained that the pain had stopped. Okay, nothing left to hurt. Exactly, because the tissue on his jawline eventually broke down to the point where he no longer had the ability to speak to his loved ones. Definitely overcome by the shock, because there's no way he couldn't be feeling it. Well, I mean, obviously he wasn't feeling it, but it's like when you get shocked. It doesn't really hurt because you're in shock. You don't feel it. There is an adrenaline rush uh, that he had had because of so much trauma that had happened to his body. In fact, his hands and face seemed to have suffered the worst of the damage. His hands had been burnt into twisted claws, unable to function, while most of the flesh of, had been burned away from his face. <laughs> his nephew, Louis, told about how he was not even allowed by his family to see Joao in the hospital due to his appearance. 
Now, strangely, Joao's hair and beard, much like his clothes, had curiously not been damaged like the rest of his body. There was some evidence of slight singeing and clearly affected, but to a much smaller extent by the incident than the rest of his body. That's crazy. You know, I remember being young, my mom talked about spontaneous combustion. Is this some, would that be something like this? That is, spontaneous combustion is something to consider. And it's just unreal. It very much is. In fact, Joao finally died a few hours later, and he was at peace with his fate and what had occurred to him. The attending doctor recorded the cause of death as extreme cardiac collapse as a result of generalized unspecified burns. Now, the Brazilian UFO authority, Fernando Grossman, in later years reported that the burns on Joao's records were not typical of a normal fire and instead, quote, resembled the indirect effects of a nuclear explosion as occurred with certain victims of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. In other words, Grossman felt that the burns were radioactive in nature. Well, that would explain the light coming towards him from outside into his house. There's a lot of explanations that could uh, fall into what that light was, and we'll definitely go over each of those. Okay. The authorities were trying to discover what the source of this light was as well, and they found nothing out of the ordinary and no sign of any heat or fire damage when they returned to the home the next day. The window that Joel had looked out was still open, and the wood burner he had stocked in order to warm his bathwater was still unlit. One investigator in the case would later be quoted as saying that it was as if Joao had suddenly melted away from existence with no conceivable reason as to why this had happened to him in the first place, as wow. there was no damage to the house. That's insane. Now, you were asking if this was a true story. Right. And there is evidence that this occurred. There are medical records that still remain regarding to the condition of Joao although they don't contain much of the melting details reported by the eyewitnesses. So much of the graphic descriptions aren't in the medical records, but they are provided by the family and the staff that were there at the time. There was no extensive scientific examination of his body because the hospital didn't have the facilities for that kind of continued diagnostics. Again, please remember, we're in a small town in Brazil in 1946. Right. So we don't have the equipment or, or abilities that we have today. Much of the speculation about what happened to Joao came years after the actual event. I'm still going with con spontaneous combustion, but there's no way that it couldn't leave some kind of a mark on his house. I mean, plus, it, it, he, oh God, I don't know, this would not... Because if it was spontaneous combustion, he'd be dead. <laughs> he wouldn't have made it to the hospital. Well, I was able to piece together multiple <laughs> causes and various theories for Joao's attack and death. Okay. So I'm going to present each of these to you. Okay. First, let's talk about supernatural beings. In fact, Joao blamed Botitas for what had occurred to him during his questioning at the hospital. The area around his village has an infamous history of sightings of strange, fiery objects years before his death. Brazil is a deeply religious country, as are many of its South American neighbors, yet they also possess a rich culture of alternative superstitions and folklore. 
The family and friends of Joao place their beliefs in these fables as the cause behind the loss of their loved ones. Mm -hmm. So most of the family believe that this was the reasoning for the attack on Joao. The mysterious lights are called botitas by the people in the part of Brazil, and they're believed to be spirits that would chase people late at night, and they possess the ability to move extremely fast, and they gave off tremendous heat. Police investigators recorded in subsequent case reports that the family members would continue to report that this was not the first time that Joao or other family members had encounters with the similar deadly fireballs. Joao had even previously told his wife that he had been pursued before on a multiple occasions by mysterious flying lights. When he was much younger and working as a cattle driver leading some pack donkeys through the hills, he told her that he had been forced to hide in a local chapel because he was chased by up to 12 red glowing balls of light. They had rapidly dropped from the sky upon him and he got, they got so close that he could actually feel the burning heat. Oh, so he is no stranger to this. Exactly. And his family is no strangers because his younger brother, Emiliano, had also reported seeing such fireballs. He told that they would explode if they ever touched the ground, and he saw two of them colliding with each other very near to the cemetery where Joao was buried. Was this before or after? After. Okay. So the lights still uh, appeared to the family after Joao's death. And on one occasion, Emiliano saw six of the orbs pursuing him to the very edge of a nearby cliff. They slowly descended to surround him, and he knelt there praying for his life before the fireballs mysteriously vanished. So this leads credence to them being supernatural. Some members of the family believe that their bloodline is cursed somehow, and that the lights had been sent by the devil himself to claim the souls of their menfolk. The family and natives of Aracoguama always believed that it was a botata or possibly an asambracara that killed Joao. The local residents do not consider Joao's death mysterious as they continue to see botatas and other odd phenomenon in the area through what reasons these spirits would attack the poor farmer is unknown. Maybe he made a pact with the devil. <laughs> then the whole family got cursed because of it. Maybe now, there is a difference. There is a difference between a batata and an asambarcado. <laughs> These are very different called Portuguese words for me. But anyways, a batatas was thought to be a fiery serpent, actual demonic entities with their own agenda, usually mysterious or mischievous. However, the other one, the asambarcados, were thought to be actual human ghosts. And in this case, the ghosts of miners who died untimely deaths in the old Moro Velho mine located nearby. Hmm. So these orbs, according to Brazil mythology, are either demonic entities or they're ghosts. And they both have different names of what they are. In fact, the entire location around the village, especially the abandoned gold mine of Moro Velho, are always plagued with weird occurrences. The owners of the nearby gold mine claimed that production at their facility had to be interrupted for years by the malevolent ghosts that haunted the mines. They were often seen and sometimes they would engage in curious maneuvers like figure eight patterns. 
Manifesting themselves as floating orbs, these vengeful spirits would chase the mine workers away from the gold. Sometimes, two of the orbs would appear to collide, only to separate, and then repeat the maneuver. The mine eventually had to be closed down and blocked up because of how severe and disruptive were these attacks, despite the fact that there were still rich deposits of gold left unmined. Ooh, I'm sorry, I have nothing more to contribute except noises. Okay. This is fascinating. Well, good. Here's a, here's a nice tie-in for you then. Tales of similar beings can be found in the historical records of cultures all across the world. In fact, Europeans traditionally refer to these little orbs of light as will-o'-the-wisps. I know that. Yeah. Okay. So, if you know what a will-o'-wisp is, as in Ireland and other uh, European even countries, in cartoons. and in cartoons. The Brazilians have their own versions of these creatures, and the manifestations, or batatas, are, they translate them as fiery serpents. So, there's a question is, do the Brazil's batatas and Ireland's will-o'-wisps be the same type of supernatural beings? Probably. It's possible. Now, doctors recorded Joao's symptoms and cause of death like the victim of any other severe accident. Now, it is true that they were baffled by his burns, but they refused to consider a supernatural explanation for them. This is not surprising because no hospital is going to admit that demons or ghosts caused the burns. That's really difficult to say, all because it works and it sounds perfect, just fits everything. But it's kind of hard to believe in something I barely know of. It's not like ghosts, like ghosts over here. Well, there are stories of ghost orbs here. True. But they're not normally dangerous. These ones definitely are they dangerous. Are. At least they are to Joao. I mean, I feel like it's more, it would be more of a, you know, like pack with the devil type thing. Well, there, that's not the only theory I got for you then. Okay. Okay? So, if you don't want to accept that one, I do have that there are people who give a more practical reason for what happened to Joao. Some of those say that the farmer was the victim of an accident that he caused himself. Oh, dear. Right. Those people suggested that his injuries may well have been sustained while he was trying to light the fire he needed for his bath. True. The story of the floating orbs were then made up by the family for reasons known only to themselves. However, the house itself was not burned in any way, and the burns are not consistent with any natural form of combustion. Yeah, I'm already not buying this one. And I don't either, but I'm going to present it. Okay. And show that categorically, there are several types of burns. You can have electrical combustion, such as with wood or gasoline, chemical burns, or radiation. Electrical burns might have been possible... But there's no, there was no electricity in the house or even in the entire village in 1946. It is true that equipment once used at the mine might have been capable of sending such a jolt. Joao had been fishing that night of the attack and was nowhere near the mine. So for him to have been electrocuted by mining equipment doesn't seem very likely. Yeah. And why would he lie about what happened to him in his last hours? Yeah. Fernando Grossman, who I mentioned earlier, and others thought that some form of radiation may have caused the burns based off of the descriptions. 
However, conditions in rural Brazil back in 1946 were very primitive, so there was no real possibility of radiation going on there. There is an interesting line of investigation, though, because the incident does try and compare his injuries with those injuries of other people who have suffered from radiation burns. For example, only the living cells were affected by the alleged attack. Not the lifeless ones, such as his hair or his clothing. Only his actual tissue and skin was affected by the burns. Yeah, that just that's, makes no sense. Well, this does support that the burns may have been caused by an exposure to a high level of radiation. However, the mystery of how an average rural farmer in the middle of a neutral country would have been exposed to such radiation has yet to be answered. Correct, because with radiation, it has, it's doesn't just die out so there would be somebody else that would be affected agreed even though he was about two miles outside of the village there's no source of where the radiation came from naturally right so it would have to be like nuclear a nuclear bomb or uranium or something like that but there's no evidence of that in brazil of that time period correct now the doctors who examined joao did not believe the burns were chemical in nature because of so there was no signs that they were acid burns or anything like that. So the exposure to some toxic substance can probably be easily ruled out. Now any type of method of burning, like an accident with fuel, can also be easily discounted because there's the lack of evidence of any actual fire in the home. Correct. If he caught himself on fire trying to light wood, <laughs> then either the wood would be burning or the the, the table. carpeting or the house would have burned down. But the only thing that actually got burned was Joao. So there's certainly, even though there's no natural source of radiation in the village that could have caused this, the police chose to demolish the house in the aftermath instead of doing further research. So this has made it more difficult to search for any traces of radioactivity. How's a cover-up. And there is a lot of claims of conspiracy oh. and that the government was trying to cover up any possible radiation tests. It was aliens. Oh, no. Absolutely not. There'd be no way. Everything would be down. Everything would be destroyed, not just him. Now we can discuss your spontaneous combustion. Yes. There is the possibility that this may actually have been a classic case of spontaneous human combustion which is defined as the victim dying as a result of injuries sustained after having caught fire with no apparent catalyst for either how the fire began or how it was continued to be sustained. These cases of spontaneous combustion also lack any lasting damage to furniture or carpeting in the immediate vicinity of the victim. There have even been cases where a person has spontaneously combusted while sitting in a chair and the chair being undamaged. Yes, that's the one my mother told us all the time. Okay, so there is a possible... She claims that she, she walked in on something like this. Well, there is a, there is a possibility that uh, this could be a case of spontaneous combustion. However, the only difference in this case is that spontaneous human combustion is said to occur rapidly mm-hmm. with the victim perishing within mere minutes. Correct. Joao basically survived for many hours before he eventually passed. And continued talking. And continued talking, and he had the description of the light that he had seen out of the window. Correct. So this kind of breaks up the theory that it was a spontaneous combustion. Yeah. I'd already given up my 
thoughts of it being spontaneous combustion. Okay. I mean, it's... It does It does lead to the belief that it could be a case of spontaneous combustion, but there's too much evidence against it, too. No. Not if he, not if he was able to walk into the village, find help, go to the hospital, tell the doctors what happened. No. It's, right. It's impossible. Okay. Then I have another theory for you. Uh-oh. And this is the one that is most commonly accepted. The majority of modern-day investigators will basically cite that this tragic and haunting case is a textbook example of a close encounter of the second kind. What? As identified by ufologist J. Allen Hynek in 1972. Okay, I know what the third kind is, but what's the first two? Okay, so you're not familiar with the three types of encounters? No, I didn't even, I guess I never thought about it. Close encounters of the third kind. Which is a very famous movie. There is, there are, there are three categories. Okay. The first category is visual or hearing of the evidence of a UFO. Okay. But there's no physical evidence. You basically, if you look up in the sky and you see a UFO, that isn't a close encounter of the first kind. Oh, okay. So you basically see it or maybe you hear it. Okay. But that's all, that, all the contact you have with it. Now, a close encounter of the second kind is in which there is physical evidence left behind. Okay. So either a person... A meteor. It could be a physical meteor <laughs> or parts of the ship or something like that. The close encounter of the third kind, which is what Steven Spielberg's movie dealt with, is actually making contact where you're communicating with the extraterrestrials. I need to watch that movie. It's been a long time. It's a very old movie, but... but Makes yeah, me hungry for mashed potatoes. Uh, lots of mashed potatoes. <laughs> so... In Joao's case, if you do want to say it's extraterrestrials, then this would be a second form because the UFO did leave behind physical evidence as the damage caused to the farmer. So there is radiation that was left behind and damage that was caused to the farmer. So there is physical evidence, but there was no actual interaction. He didn't didn't talk to any aliens and they didn't communicate to him. This was just... Uh, after effects of them visiting the earth or having contact with Joao. So many modern authorities believe that Joao may have been attacked by an alien craft of some kind. In fact, UFO history has many cases of human abductees and witnesses being burned or similarly harmed by alien technology similar to what happened to Joao. Although Joao's case is certainly the most extreme that's on record. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Uh, you never, you're not a big fan of uh, extraterrestrials. No. Now, I unfortunately, mean, unfortunately, at the time of Joao's event, back in March of 1946, no one in Brazil even knew what a UFO or flying saucer was. It would not be until the next year, in the summer of 1947, that the world would become obsessed with the phenomena of UFOs. It was during this year that Kenneth Arnold publicized the report of seeing skipping saucers making their way across the skies above Mount Rainier that would create the phenomena of flying saucers and the term. So in Brazil in 1946, nobody believed in UFOs. No one even knew what UFOs were, so they didn't even think of it. It would never occur to them to think of the lights in this case as extraterrestrial crafts. And the descriptions of lights were just that, floating lights, not spaceships. Right. Others would describe more solid 
objects in the later years. In fact, in 1955, there were reports of a flying object that looked like a metallic sombrero turned upside down. These objects sound quite different from the orbs seen by our Joao. Absolutely. The Moro Velho mine has been suggested as being an ideal as a secret base for an alien spacecraft. This was all after the fact. Much after the fact. Yeah. As a UFOologist started delving into Joao's case, they started making theories that the mine could have housed a UFO in it since it was closed up. The weird orbs that were spotted in the area could even have been the aliens themselves. But that leaves a question of why would they attack and kill a poor farmer like Joao? Right. Now, the answer to that is that it might not have been an intentional attack at all. The Spanish UFO authority, Antonio Rivera, believed that Joao might just have been burned by the propulsion system of a UFO that was flying by his house. So it was an accident. He argues... It was a drive-by. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he argues that if the UFO was malicious, there would have been someone else burned or attacked by them during the years that they were seen in the area. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them theorized that if it was uh, extraterrestrials, it was an accident. And they may not have even known what had happened to them. It does not seem likely that a simple and superstitious farmer would have done anything that a UFO could have considered a threat. This assumes that the UFO was even manned in the first place. It's possible that if it was a UFO, it might have been an extraterrestrial drone of some kind. Experts believe that the only possible source of radioactive burns in rural 1940s Brazil could have been extraterrestrial. Now, I know your opinion of extraterrestrials, so you're not going to... No, not even. We're going to go back to being supernatural. Well, I have one more theory for you. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, there is a natural cause that could explain what happened to them, and it's freaky enough that it makes it unbelievable at the same time. Okay. This theory states that Joao may have been struck by the most mysterious of atmospheric phenomena known as ball lightning. And I do have a video of that. So yes, now you've got to see a video of what ball lightning is. Wow. And it is one of the only pieces of evidence I can show you examples of. But it's basically a ball of plasma or superheated static electricity that collects into a ball-like entity and can actually move, float around, and explode. Now, ball lightning was not accepted as a real phenomenon by scientists until just recently. But now, the existence of this odd effect is no longer challenged, but is considered a fact that it does exist. It is a global orb of intense electrical energy that moves and behaves in erratic fashion, but the source of its creation still remains unknown. It can appear both in high altitudes or at ground level. Many times these orbs vanish or explode harmlessly, but on rare occasions they do blast apart with devastating effects. It's basically lightning that is in a grenade form. South America actually has a high incidence of ball lightning reports. Oh, wow. Okay. There are some anthropologists who believe that the mythological Mapoche spirits of the Incas of Chile and Argentina were actually ball lightning interpreted as a supernatural beings. So it's possible that South America 
would see these ball lightning and actually considered them gods. Ball lightning and other spook lights are often seen in areas where there is seismic or other unusual earth activities. This support is, is supported by the old Moralville mine being such an area causing the natural phenomena resulting in ball lightning. Well, I so, think we have our culprit here. I think so. And this, this, is, that's why I, this is why I added this one, because this is the one that I like as the culprit as well. Unlike UFOs or the patatas, ball lightning has no rhyme or reason to its actions. It might have just struck Joao merely by unlucky chance. Or, just like if you're outside and you're the tallest point, lightning will get attracted to you. Right. But most people survive lightning. So and a lot of people this, do not. Right, but so this could have hit him and he could have kept talking while it burned him from the inside slowly. Correct. Now, the results of powerful ball lightning striking a being are still unknown. They don't have enough cases of this happening to really have supporting data. But some people believe it could be responsible for unresolved reports of spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> or could be electrical burns leaving Joao grievously burned and wounded. Right. So what do you think of ball lightning now? Ah, definitely. I think that's our culprit. Makes the most sense. Well, in my final opinions, yeah, I really think that ball lightning is the best case. Like I said, it is the one that I can actually show you proof of that right. it does exist. There are people who have videos of thunderstorms and lightning and these balls lightning actually traveling either up in the sky and some have seen uh, on low altitude, basically on the ground level. There have been cases of ball lightning entering airplanes. Wow, okay. So a whole airplane actually saw a small static charge of ball lightning entered in through a airplane and caused some electrical damage that way. So for Joao, basically he might have heard something, maybe he heard thunder. And he went to the window and looked out. Again, remember we said he was drawing up his bath. Right. And they always recommend that you don't take a bath during a thunderstorm. Correct. So maybe he was filling up the water, and as he filled up the water, he heard thunder, went out to the window, looked out the window, saw this ball lightning, and then it just struck him, causing these electrical burns that deteriorated and broke down his body and eventually killed him. Absolutely. I think that is... Very realistic, but like you said, there's no documented proof of others, other humans being hit by it, but there is spontaneous combustion. So, it's a true story, and the, the ball, death ball lightning true. is true also, but so is supernatural things, so. Yeah, and that's why we have this podcast, is because we're going to show options that are possible and the options that are theorized right. that we can't prove at this point but you will put this video on Facebook. i am i am definitely going to put a video up from uh, about the ball lightning especially since it was provided it's a, provided by the weather channel itself nice and you would think that the weather channel would be integrity and trustworthy <laughs> yeah well i think that's being sure to avoid any open flames tonight, I think this is a good time to make our way back out of the mist and end this episode. All right. 
I want to give special thanks to bensound.com for our introduction music, and we hope you enjoyed our stories about the Burning Man of Brazil. Even though it did not have a happy ending, we hope you'll come again for another episode. Please spread word to your friends who enjoy listening to our tales about cryptids, ghosts, and other things that go bump in the night. And we appreciate how many of you have subscribed and do listen to our podcasts. So as you make your way out of the mist, we hope you'll enjoy the rest of your time and you look at it with a little bit more of an open eye. So this is Gary. I'm Goldie Ann. Saying take care. Bye. Bye.